Hey, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. This week, I want to talk about avoiding burnout in an industry built on more work, less pay. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a topic we have been discussing over the past year so that we do not go back to the lifestyle we were in before. Let's dive into the puzzler, though, before we get started. What do you have for us this week, Tim? All right. Our puzzler for this week is, what year was Actors' Equity Association established as a union? Interesting. Yeah. We'll circle back at the end of this uh, podcast, and we will answer the question together. So avoiding burnout. We have five tips that we'd like to offer you, but before we dive into those five steps to consider, so you do hopefully can avoid burnout, Tim. Have you burned out before? And, yes. <laughs> and what was what has your experience been? Which one? Um, <laughs> I'll speak in generalities. Uh, I've been so burned out that I have become numb sometimes with my my jobs. I um, have become a robot at times where I have allowed myself to become so tired and so emotionally drained that I n- w- wasn't living presently in the moment. Um, I've been burned out when, from repetition, doing the same thing over and over again. One thing I really noticed the past year is the idea that it was normal for us our entire lives mm-hmm. to work 16-hour days. Mm-hmm. It was normal to, you know, for us, we, would, we, were, we always joke that we were like passing ships in the night because we would get up before 6 a.m., start work at 8 a.m., teach all day, do rehearsals. You know, you would direct. I would be in rehearsals somewhere. We'd get home at 11 o'clock at night and then do stuff that we needed to get done the last couple hours and we'd go to bed at 1 or whatever. And we'd do that every day, five, six days a week, sometimes seven. And And that was normal. And in that process, I think we were talking about this the other day, you would get into such a routine that you would even forget how you got to work. Yes. And how you got in the shower and and what your process was for getting ready for the day. You were just kind of rolling out of bed and going right into this routine, into this mechanical routine. And you arrive at your office and you're like, how did I get here? Mm, yes. Uh, I think I think it's so easy to, to lose your sense of presence and your mm-hmm. sense of being in the moment. Um, and that's something that I think we, you and I have worked on tremendously this year. Yes. Step number one that we'd like to offer is claim your value. How would you describe that to someone? Not being afraid to to tell someone or to put yourself out there, claiming your emotional value and claiming your financial value to people that want to receive your knowledge, that want to receive your, your energy. What I mean more specifically is, let's say that someone's asking you to do a masterclass. Oh, hey, can you come do this workshop with our students? Absolutely. Here is my rate, and this is what I charge per hour. Not being afraid to say that and to say that my time is valuable, my energy is valuable, my knowledge is of value. And there is, um, we need to stop allowing ourselves to constantly donate, 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 and donate. Because oftentimes people are happy to take, and it's not that they mean ill will, but oftentimes they want to take 
and there isn't a reciprocated, you know, uh, means of compensation, not always necessarily has to be financial, but there are ways that you can compensate uh, your value. And I think that's something that we all need to say is, this is what my time is worth. This is what my knowledge is worth. Yes, I agree with that. What about the second one, which is setting boundaries? This is something you and I have done. (laughs) We have really set a lot of boundaries for our lives the past year, and we are not going back Mm -hmm. after this. So what are some boundaries that you have set that have been helpful for you in your career now? The biggest one, I think, is having the courage to say no. And saying no to something, especially in our craft, is a very scary thing because we've been taught and bred to always say yes, have a yes attitude, say yes to opportunities that always come because they could open another door. That is true to some extent, but more importantly, you need to have the foresight to say, you know what, that particular experience is not where my headspace is right now. And by putting my energy into that, I'm taking away from something that could really be more fruitful and more productive. Uh, And so not being afraid to say no to things that aren't going to bring you fulfillment, personal fulfillment. One boundary you and I have set very often, um, it's a little bit different right now because Mm -hmm. we're not doing shows still this very second, hopefully soon, but setting the boundary of there are going to be at least one, hopefully two days every week where we do not open the computer. Yeah. We do not work. We do not talk about musical theater in our house (laughs) for a time. We have two days where we go do something completely different than what we do every single day, which is all musical theater, all computer, all tech, all the time. And you and And I I both, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I said you and I both talk a lot about habits, healthy habits at home. Yes. Uh, you know, in a lot of your reading, uh, which has been distilled to me because I get to listen to all the wonderful <laughs> things you're reading uh, about creating new habits of mind that are healthier habits than some, maybe some of the habits you were existing in in the past. And we've done a lot of that. We've shifted the way we eat. We shifted the way that we approach our craft. We've shifted the way that we approach our personal passions. Yes. One boundary, another boundary we created was um, dinner time. Mm-hmm. We we literally cook almost like literally every single meal. And um, our one of the boundaries is that we phones go away, technology goes away. We have a recipe. We cook something together from scratch. We turn on music. And a lot of times that starts at around sometimes five o'clock, which is so crazy. <laughs> it's so wild that that's a, diff- that's a time for us. Sometimes it's later. It could be six, sometimes seven, sometimes eight. But when we say, hey, we're done with work for the day, uh, let's cook, everything goes away. You know, I, I another boundary I've done as well is we, I say no phones, mm-hmm. no phones, no computer, no mm-hmm. nothing, no outside world. So setting boundaries is definitely healthy, yes. Which leads me to step uh, the third tip we have, which was saying no. You kind of dived into I'm that. Sorry, I jumped into that soon, no, too soon. Not at all. Saying no. So how does someone say no to a job where they know it's not going to be fulfilling for them? It's not going to perhaps even represent them where they want to be represented in their their career or their life right now. And um, to be able to say no to that and not think oh my gosh, if I say no, is that going to keep, are they going to quote the ever famous term blacklist me? Mm. Or are they going to not hire me again because I said no to that? Someone that I have a profound amount of respect said to me once, um, 
if you say no to an experience and they do blacklist you or say terrible things about you or say things behind your back, then those really aren't the people that you want to surround yourself with or you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with. Um, saying no is a scary thing. Um, I, I've, I've really worked at it this year. And saying it politely and with, with grace and kindness, but um, we have to learn, this goes back to boundaries, we have to learn how to say no and exist within our boundaries for our own mental and physical well-being. What we're seeing right now is a surge of online, an, a need for people to do master classes online, a need mm. for people to teach and coach online. Um, and that world is quite open now. I can't tell you every day how many emails I get from people saying, could you feature my product on your YouTube channel? I'll mm -hmm. send it to you for free. Would you be interested in creating a video for my company? Would you, you know, things that I'm not really interested in doing. And I say, I, I don't even, sometimes I don't respond, but being able to say yes for a price, but mm -hmm. no, I'm not interested in this thing right now. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Thank you for your, um, thank you for your email. Thank you for reaching out for me. But no, same thing with my coaching in my studio. I get so many people from my YouTube channel that ask, can I work with you one-on-one? -on -one? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your rate? Can I work with you? I need help with this, or I need help with online teaching, or um, I want to learn how to, you know, be a performer and do this and that. And I, there are times that I have to say no, because I just, I, it may look like I have time. You know, I have time on my schedule. My students, the people, the clients that I work with, go to my schedule. I'm like, yeah, you have availability, <laughs> but but there, but that some of that availability isn't. Let me jam pack my schedule yeah. from start to finish, right? There has to be time for other things in your schedule and in your life. So sometimes saying no is scary, but you can you can say thank you, but no thank you. Or just telling someone that you know, thank you, yes but we just don't have the emotional bandwidth right now to consume ourselves with another committee or another, another group to, to organization to be a part of. You take what you can and the ones that serve you the most and you exist in those and you learn to say thank you, but no to the other ones. Number four is do meaningful work. Ooh, mm. this is a good one. Do meaningful work. And I think there's a little twofold, two sides to this, but what do you think about doing meaningful work? Is that work asking yourself the fundamental question is, does that work speak to your passion and speak to your heart? And if it doesn't, maybe you shouldn't do it. And you will find that if you only commit yourself to the work that you're passionate about, you are going to lead a more productive and healthy life. And this is the other side of that. I think why we often see burnout because that's our goal here. How can mm -hmm. we avoid burnout? I think we often see burnout, especially in millennials, in regards to, you know, follow your passion, the money will come, mm. right? And that was part of the topic today is, is you know, work, work, do all this work, but we're going to pay you, you know, less than you actually should. Sometimes you are going to have to take work and jobs to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think we are sometimes doing a disservice to folks to say, you know, do what you love, do what you're passionate about and, and the money will just flow. And that's not what we're saying. No. We are saying if you can choose projects that you're passionate about, that you love, obviously where it's meaningful, but 
we're in a time right now where those projects are very few and far between. Mm -hmm. There may be very little, you know, invites or offers, and you are going to have to take work where you may not be super passionate about doing my fair lady, the musical and the ensemble again. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you are to the point in your career where you can say no to that, but many folks are not. Mm -hmm. Right. Many folks are not to the place where their career, where they can say, I'm not going to take that ensemble job. I'm taking leads only. Yes. And, and right. That's something you have to navigate on your own. Do you want to work and do this job and make the connection and continue your craft? Or are you to the point where you do want to say, I only want to do these types of shows because they're meaningful to, for, to me. Mm -hmm. And that's a balance that you have to make a decision on. But doing meaningful work can be more than just working on a show. Well, it However, doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you could be working with a creative team where, you know, it may be my fair lady, but it could be an incredible creative team that could open up tremendous amount of doors for you. Sure. So, you know, oftentimes we have to think about, yes, this it's this show. But who is a part of this show? Who is a part of this experience? What is the culture of the rehearsal space and the production space? Is that going to be the meaningful work that you're doing as a part of this production, as opposed to just thinking the plot line of the show? Sure. Maybe it's not a big, splashy, big, splashy show. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a small show at a, at a tiny theater and it's a new work and you're not going to make, you know, a ton of money on it, but you're going to get really great experience and really great networking. And you're able to do that and still, you know, live your life, mm -hmm. um, and have a means of income. But sometimes you have to take those jobs that pay a little bit more because you need that, that money, that stability. Um, th then the last, the fifth one to avoid burnout is do things other than theater. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this has been one that we have been extremely passionate about the last year. Do things other than theater. What, what kind of things do you do other than theater, Tim? People may I, not know. I have been leaving such a fulfilling life this last year. Uh, probably the most fulfilling thing has been cooking and gardening. Uh, I could tell you the ins and outs of acorn squash <laughs> and how acorn squash grows vertically and how you can grow it vertically versus growing horizontally. If you're especially in an urban garden, I could tell you about pickling cucumbers versus slicing. I mean, this is where I have been. Obviously, I'm working on theater and working on my job and everything, but I have developed this passion and it's brought me so much balance in my garden. Uh, but also, um, connecting with my culture uh, by cooking Oaxacan cuisine, specifically uh, out of this amazing cookbook that we we purchased uh, from this restaurant in LA, um, cooks amazing uh, food from Oaxaca. And I've just been diving myself into trying different spices and, and, and seeing how everything kind of interplays with each other. Um, yeah, it's yes, been really, we, really great. We, the best part about this is Tim cooks all the time. Like we're talking <laughs> tortillas from scratch, you know, refried beans, you know, rice, uh, salsas. Moles, salsas, uh, enchiladas, uh, tamales, all of it. I've been diving into creating content online to help folks on, on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, which is, I can't believe I'm over 11,000 subscribers already. It's That's awesome. in less than a year. It's been really, it's been really wild. Um, but having an outlet where it's not just the folks that I'm working with on their, on musical theater, it's not just the folks that are in my studio and take my online classes. And that's part of my membership. Um, uh, but it's also about teaching online 
and doing the other activities that I love doing, you know, designing, like remodeling the inside of our home and, you know, putting Productivity, up- Productivity, something that you've really gotten into. Yes. Journaling, reading. I made a goal to read more this year and I read every single morning. Um, I've got videos about it on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. But having things outside of just musical theater, where we mm-hmm. have discussions that are not just about musical theater, that has kept us from burning out. And I think if we stick to that, we're going to have a more enjoyable life in the in the future. Because let's be honest, we're, I mean, I'm late 30s, you're mm-hmm. early 40s. We've been doing this for a very, very long time. And this past year, with everything shutting down, was the first time I realized that this lifestyle was not normal because we would burn out multiple times a year, right? We mm-hmm. would go to Vegas for Thanksgiving and just sit in a spa for like days. Like like we would not be, we would not <laughs> notice the world. Well, seeing as you can even tell, even though we're sitting at home right now, hello, our dogs. <laughs> our dogs. Bark. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mention something that has come up uh, time and time again in, in interviews and in, in certain social circles about this idea of balance. Um, people ask, how do you define balance in our craft? And it's funny because my first impulse now in the state that I'm in is, well, balance is making sure that your personal life marries itself in tandem to your professional life. And oftentimes, a lot of people get confused by that answer, like my ability to garden and cook in tandem with my ability to create theater. Oftentimes, that confuses people because they're like, no, we meant balance like your um, your educa- academic life and your professional directing life. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not balanced to me. That's all kind of uh, intertwined with each other. To me, balance is the theater in tandem with what you do personally. Mm-hmm. And that makes you a more whole person versus just theater and theater. That's a good point. And I, you're you're absolutely right. When I get on um, a session with a new client, they're like, I, how do you do everything? Mm-hmm. How do you, you're, you're teaching, you're performing, you're creating content, you're, how do you, you have a podcast? How do you do all of that? And that's a great point that we find a balance between everything that we do which we call work, even this podcast, even though we don't make any money off of it, it is still part of our work. Mm-hmm. And so having that balance of of work and life really encompasses more than if for, for you, it is really theater, but for me, it encompasses more mm-hmm. than just what happens theater, musical theater wise, because I have so many other things that I'm doing now. And the best thing I can tell people is, and the best advice I could give if you're doing more than just, you know, just teaching or just performing or just creating is to find multiple different ways that you can create within your industry so you avoid the burnout of doing the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself going, I can't do 16-hour days anymore, then take a break. It's okay to take a break. That's me. That's- I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode, but let's also demystify the idea that no one needs a break. We mm-hmm. all need a mental health break. It's okay to say, I'm taking today and I can't do anything. See you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a week and I can't do anything. There is nothing wrong with saying, I am burned to a crisp. I need to take a little break. Let's wrap this episode up with our puzzler, Tim. What's the question? What's the answer? 
Okay, the puzzler was what year was Actors Equity Association founded as a union? And the answer is 1913. Mm-hmm, so, for mm-hmm, those of you mm-hmm. that don't know what Actors Equity Association is, it is the union that represents both stage actors and stage managers. And it was founded in 1913 by 112 actors who were committed to fighting the, in, the inequities that were existing specifically monetarily on stage during that time. And it's interesting that we find ourselves back here in 2021 uh, holding Actors' Equity Association accountable and making sure that they do the necessary work to continue to create an equitable environment, both financially and uh, and culturally, uh, for our actors and stage managers specifically. And I look forward to, I have friends that are on the board, I look forward to seeing the work that they're going to continue to do to create a more equitable space for all of us professional working actors and stage managers. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you next week in a new episode. Bye.